Bill O'Reilly here. Tuesday, December 15, 2020, you are listening to the O'Reilly Update. Here's what's happening across our nation. The Electoral College certifying Joe Biden's win. The Attorney General announces his resignation. Attacks against police officers jumped 300% in Chicago. Eight in 10 adults now seriously stressed over the country's future. 40% of Americans plan on celebrating Christmas in big groups. Also ahead, will President Trump attend Joe Biden's inauguration? But first, the Electoral College formally declaring Mr. Biden the winner of the presidential race. The voting began in Vermont at 10 a.m. yesterday and ended in Hawaii nearly 24 hours later. The former vice president is now officially the president-elect. Congress will confirm the results in January. Attorney General Bill Barr resigning from his post. Last night, he said he will depart the Justice Department next week. He did applaud President Trump's record and accomplishments at home and abroad. Mr. Trump, in turn, praised Mr. Barr, saying, quote, the two have a good relationship. And Mr. Barr did an outstanding job. But that's just politics. In reality, President Trump is angry with Bill Barr for not telling the world Hunter Biden was being investigated. Crime spiraling out of control in Chicago. Residents in America's third largest city witnessing a 50% jump in violent crime, 25% in shootings, 300% in attacks against police officers. At least 3,800 people have been shot in Chicago since January 1st. 740 have died from the gun violence, which obviously is out of control. 83% of U.S. adults reporting severe anxiety over the fate of the nation. Another 72% believe America is at its lowest point since the Revolutionary War. A majority cite racial tension, COVID, and the presidential election as a source of stress. Survey from Ohio State University says 40% of us plan on enjoying Christmas with at least 10 people. A third will not require guests to wear masks inside the house. Study comes as COVID surges in all 50 states, infecting about 1 million people a week and killing 2,000 each day in the USA. In a moment, a mystery. Will President Trump show up at the inauguration of Joe Biden? Right back with that. Time now for the O'Reilly Update message of the day. Will President Trump honor tradition and attend Joe Biden's inauguration on January 20th? At this point, we don't know. In the past, only three outgoing presidents, John Adams in 1801, John Quincy Adams in 1829, and Andrew Johnson in 1869, refused to attend their successors' inaugurations. John Adams was furious Thomas Jefferson beat him for a second term. The election of 1800 was one of the most bitter in the nation's history. The incumbent faced a powerful challenge from his own vice president. That was Jefferson. And the mud flew on both sides. Lots of name-calling, lots of slanderous accusations. So, John Adams chose not to attend Jefferson's inauguration. Adams departed the nation's capital at 4 a.m. with wife Abigail on March 4, 1801. He and Abigail galloped out of Washington in a coach heading north to Massachusetts. 
His son, John Quincy Adams, hated Andrew Jackson, who defeated him for a second term in 1828. Jackson won decisively. Quincy Adams left the White House on the evening of March 3rd, a day before Jackson's inauguration. Like his father before him, Quincy Adams purposely chose not to attend the inauguration of his successor. And like his father, he took a coach back to Massachusetts, where he was subsequently elected to Congress. Vice President Andrew Johnson succeeded to the presidency after the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln in 1865. In November 1868, the nation elected General Ulysses S. Grant, Johnson's nemesis, to the presidency by a wide electoral margin, largely because Johnson was a drunken fool much of the time. I chronicle that in my book, Killing Lincoln. Anyway, despite Grant's electoral victory, Johnson refused to attend the inaugural ceremony on March 4th. He instead remained inside the White House signing stuff. Equally, Grant rejected the idea of riding to the inauguration in the same carriage as Johnson, which was tradition. Bad blood? You bet. Now it's President Trump's turn. Will he show up to Joe Biden's swearing-in? I think not. What Mr. Trump most likely will do is have breakfast with the vice president and his wife. Melania will be there as well. There will be pleasantries. President Trump will leave the traditional note for Mr. Biden. And then Donald Trump will split. He will say... I don't want to go to the inauguration because it will be a distraction, which is true. But the real reason is Donald Trump thinks it was fraud in the election, and he does not want to justify that fraud by the traditional swearing-in ceremony that would feature him. I could be wrong on this. We'll see. I'm Bill O'Reilly, and I approve that message by writing it. Disagree? I want to hear from you. Bill at BillOReilly.com. In a moment, something you might not know. Now, the O'Reilly Update brings you something you might not know. 130 years ago today, after many years of successfully resisting American efforts to destroy him and the Sioux people, the great chief and holy man, Sitting Bull, was killed by Indian police at the Standing Rock Reservation in South Dakota. Sitting Bull was one of the most famous Native Americans of the 19th century and was a fierce opponent of Anglo-Americans from a very young age. Deeply devoted to the traditional way, Sitting Bull believed contact with non-Indians undermined the dignity and identity of the Sioux and would ultimately bring about their demise. He was correct as I chronicle in my book, Killing Crazy Horse. Sitting Bull refused to follow an 1875 order to bring his people to an Indian reservation. And that led to the Battle of the Little Bighorn, when the Sioux and Cheyenne tribes wiped out General Custer's 7th Cavalry. Crazy Horse was the commander in that battle. Sitting Bull never fought. He was the chief. After the battle... Sitting Bull and his tribe fled to Canada, 
but finally returned to the USA, surrendering in 1883 because the Sioux were starving. Seven years later, in 1890, Indian agents and the American army falsely accused Sitting Bull of fomenting an Indian insurrection. Locals roused the holy man from his bed at 6 a.m. in the morning, looking to arrest him. The 59-year-old chief refused to go quietly. A crowd gathered, threatening the Indian police that worked for the United States. Someone, we don't know who, fired a shot at the police, and they retaliated by shooting Sitting Bull in the chest. The great chief was killed instantly. And here's something else you might not know. The actual location of Sitting Bull's grave is still a mystery. Two days after he was killed, the chief was buried in a cemetery at Fort Yates, North Dakota. His body remained there for more than 60 years. Then a descendant named Clarence Gray Eagle allegedly led a party that exhumed and relocated the body to a new grave. And that location is still unknown. Back after this. Thank you for listening to the O'Reilly Update. I am Bill O'Reilly. No spin, just facts, and always looking out for you.